quilted. <laughs> Welcome to Tay 2 Z, where we chat about every Taylor Swift song in alphabetical order. I'm Devin. And I'm Gab, and we will be your hosts on this journey. In our last episode, we talked about Epiphany from Folklore. And today, we are discussing the song Evermore from Fearless. No! <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no, no. Evermore from Evermore. <laughs> Ridiculous. Absolutely. Okay, this is how we're doing this podcast today. Evermore is the 15th and final track on the standard version of Evermore. There are two bonus tracks on the deluxe edition of Evermore. It's just not necessarily the deluxe edition. Like the two bonus tracks came out like a little bit later. A week later. Yeah. Something like that. I consider this the final track, though. I think she does, too. Yeah, yeah, I think she calls things bonus tracks for a reason. For a reason. Yeah. 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 But the bonus tracks on Evermore. So so good. good. (laughs) Evermore was released on December 11th, 2020, and this song was co-written by William Bowery, also known as Joe Allen, and Justin Vernon, also known as Bon Iver. Oh, yes. Two great peeps in Taylor's life. And just fantastic collaborators during the folklore Evermore eras. Oh, so good. Yeah. This song has yet to be played live. Tragic. Oh, how I am anticipating it being played live and what version she would play of this and like what she would do with it. Would she have Joe come out on stage and play the oh piano while she sings oh, it? That would be so beautiful. Oh my God. I think I would cry. I, I think everybody would cry. I feel like the likelihood of that. Very slim. That likely, unless it's like this very intimate, small show. Yeah. I mean, just thinking about how these albums will be played live is so exciting. Yeah. It's so different and so much more intimate. And we don't really know what's going to happen. And honestly, I'm sure she's starting to think about it now. But for a while, I feel like she also didn't know that. And for that's sure. kind of what gave her the freedom to release these albums. Yeah. yeah. And if she ended up doing any sort of thing like the Long Pond Studio sessions that she did with Folklore, something with Evermore, mm-hmm. maybe he would be part of it or yeah, something. Who knows? Cool. I, I, I would love to see them perform together. It would be so emotional. Yeah. I don't think we're going to get a long pond no. evermore. I think no. the time has passed and she's yeah. already been busy right now working on all her re-records. Yeah, and as of this recording, Renegade just came out. Yeah, exactly. Which... She had time to collaborate with Big Red Machine. So good. Really good. So good. And we're not going to be able to get to that one for a little bit no, with R. But Birch, that's not going to be until August. Unless it comes drops earlier. Yeah. We will cover that song we will. when it comes out because Taylor both performed it. it and performed it on the recording. So Devin, mm. what do you think about the song Evermore? The song Evermore, I adore adore this song. It is in my top 20. I love this song. Unpopular opinion, it might be my favorite song on the album. I remember the release day of this and listening to the whole album through. And when we got to Evermore, I found myself crying. Yeah, I remember that. And it because, you know, it came out at midnight and we listened through the whole thing. And again, a, another total surprise of her releasing a second album yeah in the span of four months like 
unreal. Sister album. She's just like, you know, I had more stuff to write, so I'm gonna release this album. Yeah. That night, we're like, we had no idea what this one was gonna be. We knew that it would probably sound similar, because it was, you know, collaborations with Aaron and Jack still. And So this song comes up at the end, and I just was sobbing. You know, it all starts with that piano lick at the very Mm. beginning, that super simple bum, 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 and Joe came up with that, yeah. as as Taylor said in, in an interview, and it's haunting. Mm-hmm. And the lyrics that she came up with for this song are so simple, but like so beautiful and haunting at the same time. Yeah. I don't know, but there is just something so visceral and real. And, and I know we talked about Epiphany last week mm-hmm. and how that's very much a quarantine song for yeah. us. This song as well, as I'll talk about in my relating to, yeah. feels very now. Yeah, and it I feels like that. a song that just is for us in this moment. I think Epiphany is like grappling with the horrors that were happening while Evermore is kind of like the depression, the downness, but then the ultimate hope that mm-hmm. kind of came from the fallout. Yeah. In some ways. Yeah, that's yeah. a beautiful way to put it. Thank you. This song and Exile from Folklore, which we will be talking about in two weeks' time, are sister songs. Mm -hmm. And it is really cool to listen to them back-to-back. Yeah. And for those of you who haven't done that yet, do it. It's really neat. Yeah. The similarities between the two, I mean, obviously the three collaborators collaborated on both. Yeah. Whereas Exile is kind of more Bon Iver-centric. This song is definitely more Taylor-centric. Interestingly enough, after the first part of the verse in both songs, there's a little bird tweeting. Mm-hmm. So if you haven't heard that yet, check that out. Really cool. And then there's a lot of imagery of movies mm-hmm. and replaying things and like a video or whatever and in both songs. Obviously, the thing that both of them have that is the most obvious is Bon Iver, yeah. and uh, also known as Justin Vernon, also known as Bon Iver. Yeah. His collaboration and his voice. The build of this song is so beautiful. It starts off so simply, and then it just adds in slow, slowly. The You have the strings, and then you have some synths, mm-hmm. and then you have the harmonies, that like really subtle harmony the first time she sings through the, the chorus, and, and how it kind of just keeps building and building. And then you get to this like crazy whirlwind section with Justin Vernon, which I'm not a fan of. Mm-hmm. Which you only told me recently. Yeah. I'm not a fan of his part of it. I am a humongo fan of Taylor's part of this mm-hmm. moment. But when I was shipwrecked, I thought yeah. you like so good. And then in the cracks of light, I dreamed of you. And when she says, and I swear you were there yeah. to finish it off. Oh my God. And then and then it transitions so beautifully back into the original theme. Mm-hmm. And then those harmonies the last time through when she's singing. And then how she changes this pain wouldn't be forevermore. Yeah. From this pain feels, it feels like it would be forevermore. Yeah. Oh my God. Oh my god. And then my favorite part of the whole song is almost the last time she sings Evermore, where she rips it. Yeah. Evermore. Mm. Mm. And then you have Bonnie Vare on top with the with the high harmony there. Yeah. Evermore. Like, oh <laughs> and I just I've been listening to it so much in the past couple of days, and it just it still is so 
beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I love this song so much. And her voice, she sounds so good. Yeah. I have talked way too much. Okay, how about you? I like it, though. No, it's good. I like the passion and breaking down because I miss a lot of those things. I did not hear the birds tweeting until you pointed it out to me and it's like the same bird yeah it's pretty cool and i I like that like just hearing like the way you experience Mm. the songs so i think that evermore is is really just such a beautiful song and really a perfect album closer Mm -hmm. like it captures the time in which it was released so december 2020 as i said earlier chronicles like moving through feeling down and depressed and like kind of finding your way to the other side and knowing that like the pain won't last forever. Yeah. And it's just beautiful. And it's beautiful for it to come at the end of this album with this glimmer of hope. It reminds me of Begin Again coming at the end of Red. Sure. And even Clean at the end of 1989, mm-hmm. even though it was kind of a different album. New Year's Day. Yeah. Like, that's just like you end on this hopeful note. Daylight Too, but Lover is a very upbeat album. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and so I just love that. I, I think I'm a big fan of Taylor album closers. Yeah. Which is really cool. Yeah. Well, when we did the favorite album closer bracket like all of them are so good so 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 good you know i actually i really love uh hoax from folklore Mm -hmm. but i remember feeling like so down that that was the album Mm. closer because it wasn't hopeful which at that time probably wasn't and that's not what that album was and so just getting the evermore and feeling that at the end the pain wouldn't be forevermore i just think is just Mm. so beautiful perfectly like sums up the time in which it was released it's just, yeah, just really a wonderful note to end an album on. I do think, similar maybe to you, I prefer Bon Iver's feature on Exile more to mm. Evermore. Mm-hmm. I think because I just like the way they both sing together more on that. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I like his feature on this bridge, and I think a lot of this bridge is thanks to him, um, as Taylor has said in a lot of interviews. And I like how their voices work together and they overlap in verses. I think that sounds really beautiful. It might just be that when he goes up into his high register, it's harder for me to sing. And as we've talked about, sometimes that affects how I feel about it. Singability. It's true. Singability. Like you said, she sounds amazing on this song. Her voice is so beautiful. So beautiful. Also, Joe should absolutely keep writing songs. Yeah. He has a fantastic ear for music. And the stuff that he has collaborated and worked on with her are some of the best songs from these two albums. Yes, I agree. And that's really cool. I mean, both Exile and Evermore are top 20 Yeah, and then he worked on uh, Betty and Champagne Problems, too. Like, Like, really talented. (laughs) Yeah. So, Devin, do you relate to Evermore? The reason why I cried the first time I listened to this song and why it kind of became my zen song for Mm -hmm. a couple months. Yeah. Like, it was my I'm going to sleep song like helping me calm down was because of that moment in the pandemic Mm -hmm. and december of last year was rough and we were still dealing with the current presidency biden hadn't become president yet like no one knew how the vaccine rollout was gonna go like this country was just in horrible darkness this song helped me fall asleep each night because of that last line Mm -hmm. of the pain wouldn't be forevermore Mm -hmm. that it was dark but there it wasn't gonna last forever Mm -hmm. and there is really a solace in that and i mean this was when i was you know having many panic attacks and like my anxiety was out like out of control and really sleeping was the hardest thing 
for me to do. Like I would always, right before going to bed, feel like I couldn't breathe. Yeah. It was like this really crazy psychological thing. And and this song really helped me. And like I, w- I would cry like every time I listened to yeah. it, but like I would fall asleep to it. And I mean, it was just so beautiful and so much a part of like my coming to terms with what has been going on. Mm-hmm. And it's very interesting to me that she says that this album, that Evermore, is an album about the ending of relationships. But I attribute both this album and Folklore to the pandemic. Yeah. As we talked about in Epiphany, like, forever this song will be, like, a cathartic Mm -hmm. song for me. Because it will, A, like, remind me of this time in my life and in our lives and in the world. But also that music and light persevere. Yeah. And the fact that Taylor created these albums for us, gave these to us to help us heal, Mm -hmm. is, like, the coolest, most incredible gift ever and and i and i can only imagine the maybe the weight she feels with that of like the the knowledge that like her music helps people i hope hope she she knows that that. yeah she must i mean her fans are so loyal she must i can't even imagine what our lives would be like without these two albums i completely you know yeah i I just i love this song so i love it so so much how about you? Do you relate? Yeah. I mean, I definitely agree to the feeling of, especially these two albums being soothing or almost being like, they got us through in a lot of ways. Like these albums were so crucial in the music. And even still, when I hear the song, any songs from both these two albums, I just feel this sense of like calm mm-hmm. or like soothingness. And I remember when I feel stressed coming home from work or like if I was on public transportation and felt stressed and I would get in the shower and just like put these albums on yeah. and the music would calm me down yeah and I, I you know i definitely relate to this song and then like the feeling of like a glimmer of hope as we ended 2020 mm-hmm. like with the hope of like a vaccine on the horizon and a change in administration and like a hopefully an end to the pandemic i remember just feeling like we can do this you know but i mainly relate to the lyric hey december guess i'm feeling unmoored mm. i just love the adjective unmoored and i feel like it really captures how I felt most of the past year and a half, kind of like lost, not really grounded in reality. Our reality had been so drastically altered in ways that were like really challenging to process. Like our lives changed a lot and just like, you know, like also losing career, but maybe that does, we don't want that to be our career anymore, but we didn't know that processing that changing our way of life from fast pace to really slow pace moving, you know, they're just like a lot of change, canceling our wedding, well, postponing just a lot of changes, um, that ultimately were for the better, but just that feeling of not feeling like grounded settled. Yeah. Yeah. Guess I'm feeling unmoored is such a beautiful way of saying I feel lost. And I think that at least for me, and I think probably a lot of people, it captures the pandemic time perfectly, and especially the winter time. Yeah. You know, like with the pandemic and everything, when people are outside in the summer, it was a little bit easier to kind of be like, okay, we're in nature. Mm-hmm. And then as winter hit and we were inside more and everything was gray, it was very easy to feel like melancholy yeah. and sadder because of that. For sure. And so I just love that lyric. And every time I hear it, I'm like, oh, yeah, Taylor, you get it. Yep. And she did get it. And this album came out, like, total surprise, but at the exact right time for all yeah. of us. It's amazing. So, you know, she, it, you already said it, but what a gift. What a gift. Yeah. And we wouldn't have this podcast. 
No. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so cool because we're about to come up on a year of folklore. Yeah. And that's so cool. Like very soon. And then my birthday. (laughs) Yeah. Very exciting. Yeah. Well, now we get to the segment of Gossip. Justin Vernon, also known as Bon Iver, sings on three Evermore tracks, but Evermore is the only song where he is featured. He sings backup on Marjorie and Ivy, and then, as we mentioned earlier, he also collaborated with Taylor on the folklore track Exile, which we'll be covering very soon, Mm -hmm. as well as uh, two of the new Big Red Machine songs, Renegade and Birch, which Renegade just came out, and Birch is coming out in August. Their new album will be out in August. For those of you who don't know, Big Red Machine is a collaboration band between Aaron Dessner, Bryce Dessner, and Justin Vernon. It has nothing to do with Big Machine Records. I know, it gets a little confusing because of the Big Machine part. And it's like this kind of like artistic collaboration of people who like to create music together. It's really cool. Yeah, well, and because Taylor entered this world, she's now on these two songs with them because she like loves creatively working with them. And it's so cool for her because they're both like music idols of hers, like like bands she really likes. And now now she she gets to collaborate, yeah. And they've opened up so much creativity in her. Yeah. So it's really cool and I'm excited to see the future of those collabs and Renegades is really good. So I'm going to listen to their whole album. They collaborate a lot with um, Anais Mitchell too who wrote Hadestown. So that's really cool. Big fans. Yeah. About the song Evermore, Taylor said, Where Joe wrote the piano, I based the vocal melody on the piano and we sent it to Justin, who then added that bridge. And Joe had written the piano part so that the tempo speeds up and it changes. The music completely changes to a different tempo in the bridge. And Justin really latched onto that and just 100% embraced it and wrote this beautiful sort of the clutter of all your anxieties in your head and they're speaking all at once. And then we got the bridge back and I wrote this narrative of when I was shipwrecked, I thought of you. That sort of thing where there was this beacon of hope. And then in the end, you realize the pain wouldn't be forevermore. As Taylor mentioned in this quote, the song features a rare mid-song tempo change. Oh, So even the piano speeds up as yeah. it goes along. Yeah. That's so cool. And I totally didn't pick up on it. Yeah. <laughs> yes, tempo change is... Definitely, there isn't a lot of that in her bridges, but there's definitely like vibe changes. For sure. Oh, for sure. But like a, a, like a serious tempo change, and that's why it feels so jarring. Yeah, and yeah. I think that that's the whole idea of that, like uh, all the anxieties in your head. That's what that feels yeah. like. Yeah, so maybe maybe this bridge and the way I feel about it is exactly how they want you to feel about it. It could be. Like dis- like jarring and yeah, like, disjointed. So and, and then all of a sudden what? you're just like, wait a minute, I was trying to sleep. <laughs> yeah, but I don't think she wrote the music so you could sleep. <laughs> Joe plays the piano on the actual Evermore recording. Mm. Aaron Dessner told Rolling Stone, that was really important to me and to them to do that because he also wrote the piano part of Exile, but on the record, it's me playing because we couldn't record him easily. But this time we could. I think it's an important and special part of the story. Mm-hmm. And I think it's so cool how much they all honor each other's art and contributions. Yeah. Like that is really special and cool, you know, because you could write a piano piece and a lot of people could play it, but of if course. it's the creator playing it, mm-hmm. there's a different feeling. And if, like, they're all working together on the recording, like, that's so cool. Yeah. And it's the same way how we talked about, I don't know if we talked about this on the podcast or just to each other, but in the Fearless re-records, having her touring band play with her. Yes. And Paul Sidoti talking about how meaningful it was to him to play the piano part on the Forever and Always piano version. Yeah. So cool. Really and it cool. it gives that different feeling when the person who's playing it feels so connected. Mm-hmm. Like, it's part of, like, their art. You can feel it through 
the recording, you yeah. know? Oh, yeah. it's so cool. So cool. This is like a weird fact about the song. In February 2021, a Utah theme park named Evermore Park sued Taylor for trademark infringement, claiming that Evermore online merchandising confused people as they assumed there was some connection between the record and the amusement park. Huh. Three weeks later, Taylor's team countersued the theme park for allegedly using several of her songs in their performances without a proper license. Ooh! Taylor and the theme park agreed to drop their respective lawsuits against each other without any money exchanging hands. And I bet this was, like, honestly, great publicity for that park. Oh, I for sure. never heard about that. Never. You know, maybe people in Utah, but otherwise, like, I'm not looking, like, theme parks in Utah, yeah. you know? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I'm looking for Taylor Swift's album, Evermore. Yeah, it's, like, so, it's so funny, the claim that they made. Like, Plus. Really? Also, it could only be good press for them. Plus, Evermore is lowercase e. Yeah. And this Evermore looks like it's uppercase e. Exactly. Very different things. Yes. Yeah. Plus, it's a word. Yeah. <laughs> So it's like one of those weird things where you're like, really? That's very funny. And then they probably were like, oh, crap, right? We use Taylor Swift's music illegally. Crap. Yeah, like they did not catch that. That's so like ridiculous. Um, but also like, I bet, I honestly bet that whoever did that just did it to drum up publicity. Probably. And it worked for them because now we're talking about them. Yep. Look at that. So I think Justin Vernon's bridge in the song, and as Taylor kind of mentioned, but with the idea of anxiety, I think it's about the anxiety of 2020 specifically, Mm -hmm. and everything like we were all going through, at least in this country, um, especially the lyrics, can't not think of all the cost and the things that will be lost. Oh, can we just get a pause? Yeah. Like, yeah. And I think that it goes on and the rest of the bridge also plays into that. But I think those lines, especially, can we just get a pause? Like, this is so much. It's so heavy. There's so much loss. Please, like, just like, can we get a breather? Yeah. And it's cool because, you know, sometimes with his music and like a lot of uh, the national music and the sound, sometimes it's hard to pick up on the lyrics. And when you sit down and read them and really break it down, they're really beautiful. Mm-hmm. Uh, but because sometimes it's hard for me to hear those, it just... I hadn't sat down and thought about his bridge in this way until we did this song. Yeah. And it's it's really gorgeous. So I know most of Evermore is fictional and deals with different characters and their stories and different relationships ending. But I also think that Evermore, the song, is deeply personal to Taylor if you examine the lyrics closely. Huh. Okay. So I have some examples. And this, I was like reading everything like line by line. I'm Love like, good okay. examples. Okay, so the lyric, motion capture, put me in a bad light. I replay my footsteps on each stepping stone, trying to find the one where I went wrong. So I believe this references the infamous Snapchat video that Kim Kardashian posted that led to the Taylor Swift is over party. Mm. Motion capture, put me in a bad light, which was an edited video, by the way. But it's true. And just that idea of I replay my footsteps on each stepping stone, trying to find the one where I went wrong. And like... What did, like, what did, where did I turn to get all these people to want to hate me and tear me down, basically? Mm-hmm. And then also, like, writing letters addressed to the fire, like, that idea Ugh. of, like, writing letters you're never going to send. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God, that line. I know you love that line. And as we know from many songs that we have already covered on the podcast from Reputation and Lover, during this dark time for Taylor, which was, you know, 2016 and that summer, Joe and his ability to see the real Taylor was, like, such a rock and grounding force for her. And I believe that these lyrics actually reference that. Mm. And when I was shipwrecked, I thought of you. In the cracks of light, I dreamed of you. It was real enough to get me through. But I swear, you were there. Mm -hmm. 
like he was her grounding force there. For sure. And I love that. The cracks of light, I dreamed of you. Oh, You know, just like the glimmer of hope getting through such a dark time. Yeah. Like we know as her fans how horrible that time was, but we can't really understand fully what it was like to be her. Yeah. As she said on the Miss Americana documentary, do you know how many people have to be tweeting about you for it to be trending worldwide? Like tweeting that they hate you for it to be trending worldwide. And like the magnitude of that, I I mean, she must have been like really in a dark place. Yeah. And to get through that, it's like pretty amazing. So I remember when I saw that the album was titled Evermore, and then we got a couple of stills from the Willow music video, and we saw her in that kind of almost like wedding Mm dress-like outfit. I immediately thought of the New Year's Day lyric, you and me forevermore. Mm -hmm. And I definitely thought it was going to be some kind of album overtly about love and maybe like (laughs) engagement. And like, that's what I was like. Yeah, you're like, they're engaged. And that obviously wasn't this time. And also that's like her prerogative to share with us or not. You know, I know that they're so private. And so I was like a little sad when I was like, oh my God, this album is like about like breakups and divorce and murder and (laughs) illicit affair. No, that's folklore, but Ivy. But like, On closer inspection, really like digging deep into this song, I feel that this, the title of the whole album and this song reference Joe and their love and that their love is forevermore, which was on New Year's Day. And I think that's so beautiful. And I just, I just love it. And it makes me like just really happy and that glimmer of hope and also just that feeling of there's so much going wrong in the world and in so many people's lives, but like love and the people who you care about getting you through it yeah really beautiful yeah this song so Devin, Mm. what's your favorite line in evermore my favorite line is i replay my footsteps on each stepping stone trying to find the one where i went wrong so partially the actual like lyric of it but also Mm. the melodic line of it too i replay my footsteps on each stepping stone yeah. Trying to find the one where I went wrong. Mm. Ah, that's beautiful. And then it's the change in the piano line too. It, it changes a little bit from the ba 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 ba. Oh my god! And like replaying in her mind, like every single moment of what, like where she went. Like, okay, this is what happened. Is this where it went wrong? Is this where it went wrong? How could I have changed it? Like yeah. that anxiety of like thinking about it, but saying it in that beautifully of a way. It's so tailored. You know? Yeah. Like instead of saying something like, I don't know, like I replayed the thoughts in my mind. Or yeah, like, like she says it. Each so stepping poetic. stone. I love this song. What about you? Yeah, What's your favorite it line? It's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. Yeah. My favorite line is really simple. It's just the this pain wouldn't be forevermore. Mm-hmm. And I love the way how she changes it because in the beginning this pain would be forevermore. She's thinking about it and then she changes it like it wouldn't Mm. and it's just really simple and it really is hopeful and it ends the song on a hopeful note yeah and i I, I love it her iconic turn of phrase at the end of a song it's so tailored as sarah said in the dear john episode about the the girl in the dress wrote you a song yeah like you know and she does that so often of changing things around and being like you know what i have control and I have the power. And this pain wouldn't be forevermore. Oh, it's so beautiful. I love it. Evermore. So I think what's going to happen, I think I know what this is going to be. But Devin, oh. from 1 to 10, letters addressed to the fire. <sighs> what would you rate this song? Such a good rating. Well, also, I thought that was your favorite line because you love that line too. I, I do. That comes right after yeah. On Each Stepping Stone. Mm-hmm. 
Writing letters addressed to the fire. Oh my God. That too. I mean, just like the thought of that. Here I am going through all this anxiety and thinking about all these things that happened in the relationship and where did it all go wrong and what happened. And then, and I want to get these out, but like I, I throw them in the fire. Like I'm going to write letters, but I'm not sending them to you. And I'm throwing them right in the fire. Like, what? Mm-hmm. Writing letters addressed to the fire? Beautiful. How dare she? <laughs> a 10, obviously. Yes. The song is a 10 <laughs> for me. Like, unbelievably beautiful, haunting. Mm-hmm. Just your what you said, the perfect closer mm-hmm. for this album. I believe it is my favorite song on this album mm-hmm. because it is just, it's stunning. Yeah. Oh my gosh. But a 10, this song is just, it's uh, its one of my faves. Yeah, it's beautiful. How about you on a scale of 1 to 10 letters addressed to the fire? I am going to give it 9 letters addressed to the fire. Cool. Honestly, I don't really have a difference between my 9s and 10s. It's just like... <laughs> When it comes to me, a 10 is a song that I both love. And, like, it's just got that different feel that, like, I, my heart connects to it completely. Sure. And I can't really explain what that feeling is. Sure. Love. <laughs> love. But I love this song, and I do connect to it. It's just not, like, one of my top, top, tops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's beautiful. Mm. I don't think it's my favorite on Evermore, but I think it's in my top five on Evermore. Mm. Yeah. So Yeah, good. my favorite on Evermore is Happiness. Oh, so good. But yeah, I do love it. And a nine is a great rating, guys. <laughs> just so you know. Nine. Yeah, when, when we gave Enchanted nines, and people are like, um, <clears throat> Enchanted's ten. Well, and, it, and here's the thing. Enchanted is a ten, but, like, I don't connect to it in the same way. So exactly. it's for me, and yeah. it's okay. It's a fantastic song. Yeah. <laughs> Here we are defending our ratings. You know, it gets it gets hairy out there with, it with does. big, big Swifty fans. Keep listening along with us. Check us out on Instagram at Tata Z Podcast and give us all your thoughts. Do you love this song? Mm. Do you like it more than Exile? Mm. Do you feel the other way? Mm. Is this not your favorite song? Mm. Let us know. Please. How many letters addressed to the fire would you give this song? Mm. And be sure to follow or subscribe wherever you're listening to this right now. And please take a moment and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Yeah. Well, next episode, we're going to be covering Everything Has Changed, featuring Ed Sheeran from... Red. Our second Ed Sheeran song, and both of his features start with an E, which I don't think is a coincidence. Weird, right? Weird. So come hang with us. I'm Devin. And I'm Gap. This has been Tay to Z. Thanks for listening. See you next time.